Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And we're at episode 129. One day I shall come back. Oh dear, we are in trouble, aren't we? I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. I have the advantage of being slightly ahead of you. Sometimes behind you, but normally ahead of you. The problem with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. A meteor storm that the sky above us was dancing with light. Purple, green, brilliant yellow, yes! I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. It's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Just remember who's standing in your way. Look at the eyebrows. These are attack eyebrows. You can take bottle tops off with these. Howdy, howdy, do you, fans? Hope you've all had a cracking week. And that you've managed to do something Doctor Who related. On today's show, got some news, some merch, and then it's on to our review of Mr. Capaldi's single Dalek story. Yep. Well, mostly single. (laughs) Into the Dalek. Which would be an interesting one. Mm. Got some, some views on that one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's good to do a bit of Capaldi. We talked to, we've talked a lot about him recently, haven't we? Obviously, with him departing and all that. So, yeah, it's good to do a Capaldi episode. Yes. I wonder if the uh, if the tears have dried up yet of many Capaldi fans mm. in the wake of his announcement. No, I don't think so. No, it's hit, it's hit hard, that one. It has, yeah, yeah. It's cut deep. <laughs> it has cut deep. It has. Yeah. Mm. How have you been, buddy? I've been good. I'm just laughing because every time you looked away from the screen in the intro music, I was doing a crazy dance and I was trying to stop every time you looked back up. I don't think you noticed, <laughs> did you? <laughs> you <laughs> Which means scoundrel. I, I was seeing if I could catch you. I thought, I wonder if you can catch me. So I was doing like... And then every time you looked, I was freeze as if I was doing nothing, but you didn't see. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good, mate. Thank you. Yes, I've still got a bit of the old cosmic angst going oh, on, yeah, but I'm better than last week. Yep. I'm, all, I'm back to being half human. Just like the doctor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> both hearts beating okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, both yeah. hearts. Yeah, one's just slightly out of sync, but uh, otherwise okay. all right. Yeah, how you been? Not too bad, buddy. Yeah. Not too bad at all. I haven't been up so much. Um, I've watched, uh, obviously, Into the Dalek, which is only the second mm. time I've seen it. I watched it when it went out, but we didn't review it then. No. Together. Um, so I watched that. Um, and then when I, it's, it's weird, because when I finished watching that, uh, Doctor Who came on the TV, you know, the channel watch. Oh, watch, yeah. Yeah, so in the UK we have a channel called Watch and they put Who on quite frequently. And it was the Tenant episode, Midnight. Ah, yeah, good one. So thoroughly enjoyed watching through that, which is good. Um, Just finished up the... I've only just finished reading the Doctor Who mag, the 70s edition. Oh, right, yeah, good issue, that. I tell you, mate, that's one of the best issues they've put out in a while, that one. It is. Yeah, it is good. Really good read. And um, uh, this morning I have ordered and downloaded the second uh, Tom Baker Big Finish Audio, The Eternal Battle. Oh, right. So I need to get on and finish the last episode of The Beast of Kravnos. Excellent, that sounds good. Mm. So Tom Baker's really good at the moment. Yeah. I know he's good anyway, but even at his (laughs) age and whatever, he's still just absolutely crushing it as the Doctor. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, he's good. Very cool. I still need to get a lot of those, actually. I've only got the first three series. I need to have a major catch-up. Every month when I get paid, I keep thinking, I'm, I don't know whether to just get the bundle. I think I'll just get a load, get like Series 4 next month, and I, but I think it's about 70 quid, isn't it? I'm not sure. Or should I just get a couple each? Like you do, you buy sort of a couple yeah. each yeah. month, don't you? And I'm thinking, well, it, yeah, you, you, you know, it works out a little bit more expensive, but over time... It's mm-hmm. not that much, is it? Yeah, is it's it not about, too bad. No. It's not too bad. So I might do that. I might just order a couple because I'm really getting behind on the Baker, Tom, um, Big Finish Audios. You are. Really getting behind. So, yeah, I need to catch up with those. I really want to listen to the, the Lyle Award ones, which were already about two series back, I think. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So with K9. K9. You've been up to anything, mate? Um, well, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I met, met up with a couple of our listeners on Sunday. Went up to London on Sunday. Met with uh, Matthew and Liv from the Who Addicts. Oh, the and, Who Addicts uh, guys, yes. The Who Addicts guys. And our good friend Adam the Ultimate Whovian. Or Adam, he's just Adam Whovian now, isn't Adam he? Adam the Whovian, I think. Yeah. Can't fit Ultimate into the Twitter thing. So I think he's had to drop the Ultimate. It, Twitter is annoying like that. God, I spent ages last night trying to cut words out to get a tweet out. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. it's really not worth the effort, to, you know, to, to, for the time it takes. Um, but uh, yeah, so I met with those guys on Sunday. That was good. We obviously had to go to FP. We couldn't meet up <laughs> and not go to Forbidden Planet. Um, and not much in there, as you'd expect. There's no merch out at the minute. So yeah. dot two sections, even smaller than when we last went. Indeed. Um, so that was a good little afternoon. Um, I did have to... Uh, after last week we reviewed Time Flight mm. and I was really really curious to see how Tegan comes back so I did whack on um, Arc of Infinity oh, cool. enough, yeah. um, last week mm. so I've, I've got to watch that as we haven't reviewed it I won't give away my thoughts on it um, but uh, not yeah not what I was expecting let's put it that way because I kept thinking I, I thought they just went back and got her I thought they just, surely they just remember her um, no. so without saying too much, um, <laughs> I was quite, I was all finding it quite funny because I was thinking, okay, well, episode one's finished. They haven't even mentioned Tegan yet. <laughs> it's as if they've just forgotten her. Um, and I will just say the doctor's face. Mm. Have you watched it? Have you? Yes. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. The doctor's face <laughs> at the end where she says, I'm back or oh, something. Yeah. The, yeah. the last shot is of Davison just going. And if you could caption it, it'd basically be saying, oh, Bleep. Bleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely would yes so i quite yeah yeah so i'm not going to say much because we haven't reviewed it i keep going to say things so yeah i watched dark infinity it managed to get a bit of who in um and the only other thing i've done since i last spoke to you last week is uh i bought a ticket for the next phantom event in march because our good friend daphne dashney ashbrook is going to be there and so oh. is annika wills and they'll they're obviously going to announce a load of other people as well. So I bought my ticket to Phantom. That'd be my first Phantom event of the year. Um, I know we've met her, but I just thought I'm desperate to go to, I like the Phantom events. So I thought as soon as they announce anyone half decent, I'll, I'll go. And as she's there, I thought, yeah, go and meet old Dashney again. Is that over in Chiswick? Is it in London? In Chiswick, Chiswick, London. Oh, yeah. Now the only annoying thing is, um, so I bought that, thought, yeah, got a, got a convention lined up. That's good. Gives me something to look forward to. And then last night, <laughs> uh, a friend of mine um, tagged me in a post on Facebook about the, there's a Westminster film fair, which I've been to before. They're very hit and miss. Sometimes they're, they're yeah. good and sometimes they don't really get, they get lots, lots of hammer guests and stuff like that. 
Um, and I noticed they've got a few Star Wars guests there, but you know, I occasionally check in just to see, and then hadn't really been anybody grabbing my attention. But last night, out of nowhere, they've suddenly ad- added a load of Doctor Who peeps, and to be fair to them. They're blimming good. Mm. So they've got Colin Baker, Peter Davison, Gemma Redgrave, Julian Glover, and oh, who's the other one I'm missing, Gary? David Warner. David Warner, yeah. So yes. some, some great guests, and they're probably going to announce some more as well. So the annoying thing is now is that this is on the same day as the Phantom event. Oh. Ah, and I was like, oh, that's annoying because – Oh, there's, you know, I would like to get some autographs on like Gen- Gemma Redgrave and David Warner and, and uh, Julian Glover. I'd love to get a Scaroff photo signed. Mm. So I'm thinking, ooh, Chiswick to Westminster. It's not, it is doable. <laughs> it is. Depend- yeah. Depending on the time slots that they're appearing. Because obviously, you know, they don't tend to be there all day, do they? A bit like Phantom. They have them in shifts. And Westminster sort of do that as well. They'll have them in, sometimes they're there all day, but more often than not, they're there for, you know, a certain time slot during the day. Yeah. So I'm just thinking, oh, no. They obviously haven't announced the time slots yet. Um, I'm just hoping they don't clash and that I'll somehow be able to do too. So what was going to be a nice chilled out day, just strolling to Chiswick and (laughs) meeting Daphne, has now turned into a bit of a mad dash across london to try and get these get to meet these people but that, that's pretty decent isn't it for them well i was thinking as you mentioned the phantom event i think that'd be cool to meet daphne and yeah uh, you know but then but then i have not met i've not met uh, peter davison before so this could be my opportunity to get in there and definitely it's only a fiver to get in or it normally is they might have changed it last time i went it was only five pounds or six pounds to get in it was quite cheap um and yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah, be a good event to meet him. He doesn't do a lot of London conventions, is yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking the same because he's not out and about as much as the other doctors. No, especially in London, this would be the it's six pounds entry. This one, six pounds. Yeah, it's not too bad. Still is good. It? Yep. So Colin, Peter, Gemma. Yeah, that'd be good. And some Star Wars peeps as well. There's some Star Wars peeps. Yeah, they're doing a bit of a what do they call it? The um, what is it? Reunion? Does it say there? Uh, the the Bounty Hunters reunion. The Bounty Hunters reunion. Yeah, so Jeremy yeah, yeah. Bullock, Boba Fett, all that. Yeah, yeah, Boss Greedo. Yes. Yes. This could be the one, mate. Yeah, you could shoot Greedo under a table, couldn't you? Yeah, as long as you shot first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it does look good. So, um, yeah, I was a bit, yeah, excited and gutted all at the same time. It was like, really annoying they had to be on the same day, but they do look good. So mm. definitely going to try and do both of those. And, yeah, you should meet Peter because he doesn't do a lot. So True. up up our way. So, yeah, see if you can get to meet him. Be good. Yeah. We'll yeah. do that. But, but apart from that, mate, I haven't been up to a lot. I'm just sort of keeping my own things. Um, very sad to report that I can't go to Cardiff in March. I know me and you, were, you're going down, uh, go do the Comic Con, and you go do the experience in March, aren't you? Yes. Um, really, was really hoping to join you, but I'm afraid train fares, hotel, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, are just too high, so I can't can't do it. So, but I'm just sort of keeping my eye on other things. You know, I'm going to do a few other cons this year. That's the thing with that. yeah, mm. with train fares, it's unbelievable. Mm. If you um, oh, leave it, it yeah, it's, as soon as you leave it longer than say three or four weeks outside of the date you're going, yeah, it's not too bad. But if you yeah, they just go up so high. It's so expensive, aren't they? It is. Yeah, yep. not good. I did hear a rumour last night, and it is only, I think, something was reported and then got a little bit um, misreported. Is that a word? <laughs> it got changed. <laughs> so basically, the, a rumour was going around last night that the, the Doctor Experience had been saved and it was going to move to a different place in Cardiff, which technically isn't 
what was announced. I think something, you know, something got a little bit misinterpreted right. last yeah. night. Oh, yes. So um, I think they are looking to relocate it in Cardiff, but it's nothing has been set. And, you know, certainly, yeah, it's not not been saved in that sense. But hopefully it will. It's, you know, it's good that they're, they're trying to find somewhere else for it. I had a feeling it might move up to London, actually. I would, yeah, it was in London originally, wasn't it? It Before, was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was in the um, what's that place called? I always get them mixed up. Uh, you know, like Hammersmith. Is it Hills Court? I don't know. Uh, Olympia. Can't remember now. Yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It used to be there. Yes. Yeah. I didn't go to it when it was there, but I did. The Cardiff one's much better because they actually purposely built that building for it, didn't they? That funny shaped that's right. building that they said, which looks great as you're walking up to it. It's just like, what is that thing? Um, so it's yeah, it was much more suited to Cardiff and much bigger as well. Um, but the London one was good for what it was, yeah, yeah, and it had a little shop. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you can't yeah. beat a little shop. You can't beat it, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Good stuff. Oh, something else um, that's happened. We've our website has got a facelift. Yes, it has. It has indeed. Yeah. So after a few months of me talking about launching the new website, I've actually Ooh. had found the time to get it done and and sorted. So that's some really nice feedback so far. Thank you very much. And there's also the long-awaited shop as well. Yeah. So if you want to order a Big Blue Box podcast T-shirt or a hoodie or a mug, etc., just jump on there. There's a link at the top that says shop, funnily enough, and you can go nuts. Yeah, I was looking at the mugs. I do love a mug. And you can know there's about four or five different colours, isn't there? I was going through and thinking, oh, it looks good in red. Oh, it's blue. It's the blue. Oh, yellow to go with the Geek Sound. But I thought, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's all the, all the colours there. Might have to get one of each just to really drive my partner nuts <laughs> every time i come over dr mug it's like where's that gonna go I'm like, oh don't know find a place <laughs> yeah i'm not worried about that so you shouldn't be worried no just no. let me sort it out it'll all be fine yeah but I'm definitely <laughs> gonna get a tea and a mug that's that's the combo in it t-shirt and mug oh yeah yeah and the hoodie looks pretty good you'll be you'll be rocking a hoodie i know yes yeah absolutely yeah and being colorblind though there is a colour T-shirt I really like, but I've no idea what colour it is. It's about the fourth one in, and it looks like a grey, <laughs> grey, purpley. I don't know. I was like, oh, that looks good. But I actually, I know this sounds strange, but I actually can't tell what the colour is. <laughs> so I might just go safe and go with the dark blue. Well, yeah, I mean, the fourth one in is just black. No, okay, it's not black. I can see black. Um, What's the one that's, um, I haven't got it in front of me now. So it's very light grey could be that one then it's gray then it's black then it's navy blue then it's dark navy blue then oh it's, it's navy blue. blue then it's navy blue that's throwing me yeah there's my color blindness is weird it's just certain colors that my brain just won't detect and I, there was a t-shirt color i liked i thought oh i might get that but the weird thing is i won't know what color i'm wearing <laughs> so it'd just be like a, in my eyes it'll just be like a sort of a i thought it was like a sort of mauvey maroony i don't know but it's, okay. is it what actually is it um, so after black, it's like a, a sort of royal, rich blue colour. I think that's the one I like. And then is it the next one that's slightly lighter? The next one is dark, like a dark oh. navy. And then the one after that is like the sky blue-ish sort of colour. Um, and then underneath that, there's like greens and yellows. I mean, these, just to let you guys know, actually, because that's a good point. We had some, I had a couple of people message me asking about delivery and stuff like that. So yeah. the shop on our website is run by a company called Spreadshirt. And I did tweet out a link 
um, which had information on shipping and how long it takes and outside the UK and all that stuff. So I'll stick a link in our show notes for this week as well, and I'll put another one out on Twitter. So, um, yeah, so you'll be able to find out the deets on that. All the, all the details, yeah. Indeedy. Yeah, nice little shop, though. Yes, and I'll oh, put like some more it. stuff on there as well. I think um, uh, the plan is I'm going to put an alternate design up there uh, next month so you'll be able to order a T-shirt with a, an alternate logo and stuff. And one thing also to be aware of, um, because it's Spreadshirt that, that offers all the different colours and so on, our logo um, has got mainly white text. So it's got mm. the TARDIS and it's got big blue box in blue, but the rest of the text is white. So if you order the white T-shirt, I'm sure I don't need to say this, you won't see the white text. Oh. So you'll just have the TARDIS icon and then the words big blue box. So just be aware of that. I'm sure I don't need to tell you that, but if you order the white T-shirt, you won't see the white text. Mm. Funny enough, our um, our listener that won our limited edition T-shirt with the... Uh, yeah. old logo i think he's the only person in the world who's actually got one he um he messaged we did a live stream on sunday when i was with the who alice guys and uh, he messaged because uh, we were talking about t-shirts and stuff because i was wearing i'd bought a who alex t-shirt i was wearing it um and uh, he he messaged on the live chat to say i've got the blue box t-shirt the limited edition i was like yes yeah. look after that you're the only one in the world that's got it <laughs> so because the designs change now and everything so oh, that's true yeah one of yeah it's a real one-off yes yeah. Save that yeah. for your kids. That's it. Be worth something one day, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That's enough waffle. Yep. Shall we land a TARDIS and do some news? Let's do a bit of news. Let's do it. First up in the news, this is quite cool. So the name Delia Derbyshire mm. should mean something to anyone who's into Classic Who or into the uh, soundtrack and music of Classic Who. Uh, the National, sorry, the Heritage Lottery Fund um, has actually pumped a load of money into um, uh, creating um, the Delia Derbyshire Day, uh, which is good, and it's um, it's basically to announce um, the 80th anniversary. Um, of Delia and um, you would have heard that like I said you would have heard her name mentioned many times when we talk about the really early sort of experimental music mm. stuff where she was working in the I always forget the name of it I think it's the BBC Radiophonic that's it the Radiophonic Workshop and it was down to Delia and a few other people who were doing really experimental stuff with electronic music and sound effects and all that stuff and it was those guys that sort of pioneered the way for all the really really cool sort of classic who sound effects and and all that stuff that you hear in the yeah. show so on um uh set so over several dates uh there's going to be um uh the on the 5th of may sorry um it starts which is actual uh, uh delia's actual birthday or 80th birthday um there's going to be um some stuff going online it's a short film um from the archives all that stuff on the 10th of june um, there's going to be, um, uh, which is Delia Derbyshire Day, um, there's going to be a, something called Band on the Wall, um, which is workshops for families and musical peeps, if there's anyone musical out there, uh, Q&A, special guests, all that stuff. Uh, and then on moving forward, on the 5th of August, um, there's going to be a touring event, 
um, which goes again, which is like workshops for families and and all that stuff. And then into November, there's uh, a, an eight week educational project, um, which is going to go out to a few schools. And then in December, uh, there's going to be a symposium um, at the Anthony Burgess Foundation, uh, which will have guest speakers and so on. So this is really cool. So throughout the entire year, basically, to celebrate DB DB <laughs> Delia Darvish's birthday, her 80th uh, birthday, um, there's going to be just loads of events going on to get people into music, find out a bit more about Delia herself, a bit more about the music she created and so on. And uh, yeah, it's good that they've had a large sum of money that's been pumped into it because yeah. I imagine that getting all these events on, you know, the ball rolling and, and all that stuff takes a bit of money. So uh, yes, Delia very important. Day. Yeah, Yeah, very important lady, didn't she? I mean, you think how how iconic that theme is. Um, although Ron, Ron Grainer composed it, um, I think he, even he was a bit shocked when he actually heard what they'd done with it because I've seen the sheet music for, for the Doctor Who theme. So it's really bizarre to think that he sat down on a whatever instrument, piano, let's say, wrote this piece of music, wrote it all down, gave it to them, and then they came up with <laughs> what they came up with. And he must have listened to it and thought, wow, <laughs> did I actually write that? Because it's so bizarre and wonderful yeah. and you know it's incredible what they managed to create and um i think are we am i right in saying I'm, and i'm basing this on the adventure space and time were they a bit like unsure about it in the beginning didn't didn't they you know the people behind the scenes at the time were they like no we can't have that spits is too odd or something yeah i think it was sydney yeah. newman wasn't it that wasn't sure about it i mean it, it is yeah. odd you can imagine at the time you might have thought what on earth because it's very unconventional isn't it as a thing yeah it was way ahead of its time if you think yeah. back to the 60s you know there was nothing like that anywhere no. at all so i think the sydney newman when i when he heard it he was like mm, sounds a bit creepy sounds a bit odd very creepy yeah, yeah. but um yeah, that was Verity Lambert just put a foot down, didn't she? He's like, no, it's yeah. good. Yeah, so. It's um, staying. Yeah, so if you head over to um, uh, com, you'll see all the details there. And um, although I keep saying Delia Derbyshire Day and all that stuff, it's actually her anniversary year. So all these events are happening at various points throughout the year. But mm. it's very good, especially the workshops for the kids and stuff like that to get into yeah. music and creating music for TV and stuff. That's good. Yeah, sounds really good. If only they'd kept the thunder crack in the pilot. <laughs> On the pilot, yeah. <laughs> in the pilot. Anyway, yeah, that's all good. Right, in other news, um, Class has finally finished its airing on terrestrial television. So the uh, the final two episodes have gone out um, in their late night time slot. Um, it won't surprise any of you to hear that the viewing figures have been pretty bad. Um, overall, the series just hasn't done very well. Um, and there are lots of reasons for this, um, not just the fact it was an awful series. <laughs> uh, no, only in my point of view. I know, I know, sorry, I know a lot of you out there liked it. So, no, there's lots of reasons it didn't do very well. Um, the time slot, for example, is atrocious, um, and it got absolutely no promotion. Funny enough, I saw Doctor Who magazine um, did a little article on on class this in this month's issue, yeah. talking about why it hasn't done very well and and they you know uh, reported very honestly uh why they thought it hadn't done well and i saw them having a bit of an online argument with a guy on twitter saying oh you know you guys should be supporting class uh you know uh, reporting it like that and they're like look we're a factual magazine we can't dress this up any other way <laughs> so and they and then he was like yeah but you didn't help did you you didn't help to promote it 
What? And they were like, well, the BBC never sent us anything to promote it. We're not a charity. And they, they were just sort of like saying, so there's a lot of reasons, basically, yeah. why Class has not done well. And the final two episodes haven't haven't scored very highly with the viewing figures. Um, so episode seven, which was called The Metaphysical Engine, or What Quill Did. That one didn't do too uh, bad. Got an audience of 0.68 million. Um, and the average for that time slot is 1.85 million. So, yeah, it's pretty well. It's pretty bad compared to the average. Yeah, the worst episode was Detained, wasn't it? That got um, 0.3, so 300,000 mm. viewers. I mean, the, the the online figures were a lot better. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I suppose it's uh, that's where it premiered and it all went out online, and you can watch it whenever you want, can't you, online? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it will fare better. The final episode, episode eight, The Lost, um, which went out at half 11, uh, straight after episode seven, half 11 at night, that is, uh, scored an audience of 0.32 million watching, yeah. which is a 5.5% share of the audience. So, long and short of it is, it hasn't performed very well um on on uh, tv i think it's done okay on the iplayer but it hasn't really set the iplayer alight on terms of um online views it's not been shown anywhere else yet has it i think um i keep seeing people in america's you know on facebook on the class facebook page saying you know when are we going to get to see it and all that so it sounds as if um it's just been a uk thing yeah i mean somebody out there might want to correct me but it seems like they're waiting you know there's a few other countries out there that are still waiting to see it um, yeah i'm not sure i mean the online side of things i'm not sure what happens with that i'm not sure if the because we did report didn't we last year in the news that the bbc were going to be launching their own streaming service in the u.s yeah oh yeah that's right so yeah i'm not sure if they're just waiting for that to kick in and then they'll offer like some of the uk bbc shows and so on but I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure for terrestrial TV, like classic broadcasting programs, uh, the mm. BBC normally shop them around and different countries and areas will buy them and yeah. th- then they can, you know, broadcast them in their own countries. But as far as I'm aware, that hasn't happened yet. They haven't put it out for any other countries to pick up. So that's probably why they haven't broadcast anywhere other than the UK. Yeah, because I know a lot of our listeners, we get a lot of listeners from different parts of the of the world, don't we? And mm. um, some of you out there might be sort of quite excited for class and wondering, you know, you've obviously heard our thoughts on it and you're probably waiting to make up your own mind um, if you haven't seen it yet. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to know um, where this is going next. I very much doubt in my mind that it's going to get a second series, <laughs> but yeah, you never know. It, I mean, clearly one was planned because of the cliffhanger which i'm not going to say for those that haven't seen it but it does end on a on a cliffhanger if you can call it that yeah. um so it definitely a second series was in the mind of patrick ness when he wrote it that's for sure mm. um but uh, i don't know i think with these figures and this sort of general over the reaction generally um i'd be surprised but yeah. you never know so the beep haven't announced anything yet about a follow-up series or anything no. but there is an online petition if you want to get your name down for a second series. And so far it's up to, what is it? Uh, just over 1,700 signatures. Okay. Oh, yep. So it yeah. needs another 758-odd signatures to get to 2,500. And then I think it it goes off to the BBC. All right. Okay. So, yeah. yeah it'll be down to budget and stuff. I mean, you know, they've only got a certain amount of money to spend on a certain amount of shows. So you know they're clearly only going to 
do it if they think it's uh, viable for them, aren't they? Which I'll judge you by this. I doubt it, but yeah, see what happens. I have heard a lot of rumours that certain bits of it are going to tie <laughs> into Series 10, which I really hope isn't true, actually. Really hope it doesn't. Maybe we'll see the um, maybe we'll see the dudes. I mean, this is this is the thing about class. Okay, I can't remember <laughs> the names of any of the villains. Who was the main guy? Like the pyrovile ripoff. Oh, the Shadowkin. The Shadowkin. That's it. Yeah, what was you his know, name? Then they popped up every other episode. <laughs> that's, well, that's it. You know, I mean, it's doesn't say much for class when you can't really remember many of the plot lines and any of the villains in it. Yeah, um, we have the we had the. The Manny, flower, petals. Manny flower petals and all that stuff. I mean, but yeah. what's his name? It was Galactic. No, oh, I wouldn't Galactus, know. Galactus, Galacticus. No, of course not. Uh, what was it? Something like that. Anyway, maybe yeah. he'll pop up as a villain in series ten of Doctor Who. Well, I hope not, because we saw enough of them in class. I, th- I think they were, they came back more times than a than well. Uh, I don't. They just kept popping back out, didn't they? So no, I think we've I think we've seen enough of him. Thank you very much. I think it might be the. Um, the bit with oh, I don't want to say because some listeners might not have seen it, but you know that thing, that Doctor Who monster that's very well known that popped up at the end of it oh, for like yeah. one second. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyone who's seen it will know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I just don't want to ruin it for anyone that hasn't. I think that might come into play apparently, but I'm kind of hoping it doesn't. I just kind of personally, I just kind of want it to just drift it. I don't want it to have any relevance on the show because well, I didn't enjoy it. But well, I don't think it matters, mate. We've already reviewed. Yeah. We all the episode and it has been out online for a while now and it has been out on TV. So yeah. yes, the weeping angel at the end of the last okay. episode, the lost, <laughs> yeah. it will probably tie into that somehow, won't it? Possibly. Yeah. I think that's what the rumors are. Yeah. They could do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we might have a cameo from these guys in Doctor Who. We might have Quill turn up. We might have. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. Quill again. Because as much as um as she's about the only character that stood out for me, I actually actually did like Quill. Um, she's the yeah yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Quill again. Well, the moth's was... in charge still, isn't he? So we're bound to see he Clara. Certainly is. We're yeah. bound to see Cole Hill. We're bound to see everybody else. So yeah. they're bound to pop up. Bound to. Yes. Yeah. And that's going to do for news. We have got the Daleks waiting outside. Mm. It's not raining, so I'm not I'm not sure why they complain. But anyway, let's bring them in. <laughs> Merch Corner. Merch Corner. Merch Corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. So, very quick bit of merch we have. So, the Lethbridge-Stewart range, which has been going for over a year now, I think. Well, yeah. We're into the second year. Um, The Lethbridge-Stewart range of books, which are... um, which kicked off um, with Andy Frankham Allen's novel. The Forgotten Son. Yes, um, by Candy Jar. They've just gone from strength. It's amazing how they've put out so many books in a short space Mm. of time. It's incredible. But they haven't stopped with their main range of books. They've now announced that there's going to be three novellas that Mm. will accompany the main range of books, which is awesome. The first one being The Life of Evans. And this is awesome because anyone that hasn't seen the Web of Fear. The Web of Fear, yeah. Yep. Um, there's a really cool character <laughs> called, uh, what's his name? Something Evans. He's not a general, is he? What's his name? Something, something Evans. What's his name? So It's not just Soldier Evans, is it? I'm sure he's got a, a rank. 
Um, Posit, yeah, I can't remember. Something like that. Anyway, he's a really fun little character in the story. And he's getting um, a, a short book dedicated to which that's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's written by John Peel. Um, it's out in March. And then on from that, um, we've got... Um, uh, the, uh, so the life of Evans, life of Evans, that's followed um, uh, in May by Day of the Intelligence, which is written by Mister Andy, um, and that celebrates fifty years of the Great Intelligence. So that's cool. That's then, good. Then yeah. we have the Flaming Soldier, which sounds very good, uh, which is written by Christopher Bryan, and that's out in July, and that commemorates the uh, World War Two hero uh, Eileen um, Young Husband. So we we spoke a little bit about her, didn't we, in the news? That's that right. Yeah, I remember well. that. Yeah. Yeah. So these three little, uh, these are going to be really good. These are definite pickups for me. They are, and they're limited to 400 copies. So don't miss out like I did with the Havoc files. <laughs> Get them pre ordered now because, uh, yeah, they're all limited to 400 copies. Um, or you can order them as a bundle as well, at a discount price. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't hold back on these. They tend to sell out pretty quick when they're when they're limited like that. So yes. Yes. Yep. Twelve ninety nine each, um, or the bundle will put you back fifty quid, basically. Yeah. So, which is really so for th- anyone that hasn't read the Lethbridge Stewart range of books, you really are missing out. They're so, um, they take one of the best characters from Classic Who, and they flesh out the story. Honestly, it's you've you've. You've read at least, what, the first couple of these, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I've got them all. Yeah, yeah I haven't read them all, though, because I'm slow at reading, but I've got them all. Yeah, yeah all so good. we've got them all, but I think I'm too behind at the moment. Mm. Um, but they are such good stories. They really, really are. So yeah. if there's an opportunity to grab some extra material that accompanies these, it's well worth it. So, yes, The Life of Evans, uh, which will be out in March. March, so, yeah. yeah, head over to Candy Jar candy-jar.co.uk and you should see them on there. That's it. Yeah. Good stuff. Right, in other news or our final bit of merch news um, is uh, our guys, our friends at Big Finish came out with a bit of an announcement last week. Um, they're going to be doing The Doctor Chronicles and uh, specifically the Ninth Doctor, Tenth Doctor and Eleventh Doctor Chronicles. Oh. Now, um, I first saw this when Gary posted a, a picture on Facebook. So I was like, whoa, what? Because there's been loads of rumors about Matt Smith wanting to do a uh, big finish. I think he's been asked. And whenever he's been asked, he's like, yeah, I'm totally up for it, man. In his Matt Smith kind of way. Um, unfortunately, uh, he's not been announced as yet. So basically what these are going to be, from what we can understand, is um, a bit like the Companion Chronicles that the big finish guys do. So it's it's, it's going to be Nick Brid's telling the story but with um cast members involved as well so for example uh we've got um what's his name adam bruno langley that's it bruno langley is reprising his role as uh, adam mitchell yeah not my wouldn't have been my first choice to bring back but don't worry gary because all's not lost because camille kaduri is coming back as jackie Yay! we love jackie we do love jackie we do love jackie so that is good news and um yeah i mean they haven't announced much more than that really so keep your eyes peeled on the big finish website to see further details because be interested to see who they get for the 10th and 11th doctor stories i think yeah so that is one thing to point out because i think a lot of people got really excited when big finish announced this but so eccleston and smith are not coming back to record any big finish this is um yeah so nick briggs is just narrating the story and there's going to be four of them for each uh 
for each disc or download. Yeah. And um, it, like Adam said, it will just be characters from that era reprising their roles, but the main Doctor characters are not there. It's going to be the same for the 10th Doctor Chronicles. However, it's not going to replace the 10th Doctor story that was out last year. So no. The Doctor no. and Donna, that one. So if memory serves, there is still a plan to continue that series when David Tennant and Catherine Tate are finally free. Their <laughs> schedules meet up. But so these ones, yeah, they're, they're narrated by Nick Briggs. Um, yeah. So the first one, the Ninth Doctor Chronicles, which is out in... May. May. Uh, uh, episode one is The Bleeding Heart, uh, The Window on the Moor, The Other Side, and Retail Therapy. So that's your lot for... The, the the ninth Doctor Chronicles. Uh, when's the tenth one out? Tenth one, and there's no date for those ones. There's no date for no. the next two. No, no, no. There's no cast been announced for the other two either. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they get. Um, I don't know about you, Gary, but this is a double-edged sword for me because on one hand, I'm like, great, you know, interesting, great to see Jackie coming back, and you know, Adam, whatever. But but I, I also it's a little bit disappointing because it's. <laughs> You know, is there not? I'm hoping they get some other good cast, is what I'm saying. Because no offense to Bruno, but he's not, I wouldn't exactly, Adam's not the first character I'd like to see brought back. Um, and yeah. you know, it doesn't really entice me into thinking this is a must pre order, if you know what I mean. Um, Jackie does, I love Jackie, yeah. but uh, I would, yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping they get some, some good ones for the 10th, 11th Doctor as well. Um, I'll, I'll probably still pick these up though. Um, I don't know about you, I'll probably still get them, but uh, yeah, I wasn't. I was a bit sort of, it was a bit of a sort of, yes, oh, yeah. reaction when I read it. Because I thought of, saw Ninth Doctor Chronicles and then saw what it was. And it was a bit like, ah, ah, oh, yeah. not sure. Well, it is cool. It's a good thing because if they're going to sort of branch out into the newer era of Who, because I know they've done it obviously with the War Doctor and mm. with um, the Tenth Doctor and Donna, that's good. But I think it does still need a bit of a push to get yeah. some of the modern era stories in there. So if this is a sort of a stepping stone onto possibly getting Eccleston in or Matt Smith or whoever, then then that's good. It does feel a little bit sort of scraping the barrel when they announce people like Bruno Langley as Adam because, mm-hmm. you know, he's often referred to as not a very likeable character and so on. But not that that should stop them. If that's how he's written in the story, then, then, then that's that. But... I can't, this is just my opinion, I can't ever see Eccleston doing it. But no, I can I see Matt Smith doing it maybe further down the line. Yeah, I can see Matt doing it. Um, in the, I don't mean this in a nasty way, but I wonder if Big Finish can afford him. Because um, it's one thing him wanting to do it, but he's got, you know, he'll have an agent that'll be saying to him, you know, or bartering the price for him. And he probably doesn't get involved too much in that. But do you know what I mean? He's, can, they're quite, they are quite, I know Big Finish are a big company in our eyes, but in the in the bigger scale of things, they are still quite a small little independent company that has a budget. And, you know, yeah. so yeah. that's that's the other thing to factor into it. You know, can they actually afford um, Eccleston and, and Matt Smith and that? So, yeah, as much as I think Matt would love to do it, I don't know. I'd like to see him. would love to see him, but I agree with you. I don't think we'll see Chris. I don't know. Well, tenants are big. I would say tenants just as big well, or more than Matt Smith and... Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, 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 that is a good point. Yeah, because I got him, didn't they? Yeah, I know Matt Smith has done a couple of movies, uh, you know, in between and shortly after leaving Who and stuff. Mm. But you know, David Tennant's done 
That's a couple of bits for Marvel, and he's done a couple of films, and he's no, your church right. is really popular. So and Tate and Catherine Tate actually, yeah. So I suppose yeah, yeah, yeah it could be yeah. Maybe I'll take that back. Yeah, yeah managed to get those guys, didn't he? I really hope they do another one of those too, because I loved the first um, Tenth Doctor mm. audios. They were just a fun listen. They were they? fun. Yeah, yeah, they were fun. Somebody did mention on Twitter about Matt Smith. I think it might have been Martin Bad Wolf Martin. Yeah, he did say that he had he had read somewhere that Matt Smith was really up for doing more Doctor Who, especially Big Finish, but mm. he wants to leave it a few years and put a bit more distance between, you know, Doctor Who, basically. He wants to leave it behind for a bit longer. Just a little bit longer. Yeah, I got that impression. He was on Graham Norton recently promoting, what's he been in recently? Oh, that, the Queen. That thing, uh, the Queen. The Royal qu- thing he was in, yeah. Yeah, the Royal thing. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> Graham Norton said to him about Doctor Who fans and stuff. And yeah, that's the impression I got is that he, he, he would love to, he sort of loved it and, would love to come back to it, but very much one day, not two day. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'll read you. Yeah. That's going to do for news and merch. That's it. Yeah. That's it for the merch. Yeah. So Adam, you know, but please <laughs> tell our listeners what we're going to review this week. <laughs> yeah. This week. So 12th Doctor story. And um, we're just mopping up those stories. We didn't review the first time around. Um, and there's only two left. And the first one is into the Dalek. Where the hell have you been? It's not my fault. I got distracted. By what? You could always find something. Come on. Where are we going? Into darkness. Welcome to the most dangerous place in the universe. They're coming. They're coming! The enemy are right on top of us! I'm sorry. Oh, Briggsy there. Oh, Briggsy. <laughs> old Briggsy. Yeah. We tend to do that, don't we? Old Moff, old Chibbers, old Briggsy. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Into the Dalek was on our screens in August of 2014. Yeah. It was written by Phil Ford, overseen. Oh, well, he's been credited as written by the Moff as well, mm-hmm. and directed by Ben Wheatley. Well, getting his sticky little fingers in. Yes, getting his fingers into another pie. Yeah. <laughs> which he's got no business being in. Uh, so into the Dalek story, very roughly, is uh, the Doctor gets captured while saving a soldier's life. Mm. Uh, it turns out that the people that captured him have got a Dalek captured on board. Uh, the The Doctor and Clara miniaturise themselves in very classic sci-fi style Mm. go inside the dalek and the dalek wakes up while they're inside well he sort of turns on and triggers his evil side while they're inside calls all the other daleks and it's down to the doctor and clara to stop the invasion and stop this particular dalek known as rusty from causing havoc and mayhem and it all gets a bit deep and yeah yeah roughly uh so off the bat what do you reckon off the bat, um, a watchable, average Dalek story. Yeah. I quite liked it the first time it went out. I thought I, I, I liked it more than I did on a rewatch the other night. I thought when it first went out, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I watched it again last night, still enjoyed it. But, uh, yeah, n- not as good as I remember, um, but, but not bad either. So, yeah, it's okay. 
I think it's just average is, is the is the sort of key word I'd use here. It's just average. Sure. What about you? Do you sure. like it? Um, I don't like it very much. You don't like this one? Not very much. The only thing I like no. in it is Capaldi, really. Yeah. The the rest of the stuff. The problem for me is that I've been spoiled with the the, the Eccleston story, Dalek. Mm, that's a, yeah. that's one of my fave Eccleston stories, really, minus Adam. Not you. Bruno Langley, Adam. <laughs> Bruno Langley. Um, and Eccleston is fantastic. Is That story is so good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, delving into, like, the psyche of a Dalek and... Uh, and and finding out why it is the way it is and having some emotion turned on and all that stuff. It's just brilliant. Whereas this one is, I found it just to be very predictable and quite a boring watch as well. Mm. Um, because we have the same, the problem for me really is the direct comparison with the, the Eccleston story Dalek, because at the end of yeah. that one, the Dalek says to the ninth doctor, you would make a good Dalek. Mm. And then at the end of this story, the Dalek says to Capaldi's Doctor, something like, you are a good Dalek, or you are a... Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, you are. And yeah, he does say something like that, yeah. And he just felt, you know, I just felt immediate. I remember when I first watched it, and I thought, how lazy, you know, mm. how, why couldn't you come up with something, you know, an ending that was different? Why couldn't you come up with something that didn't completely rip off the great story that we had about a Dalek previously? So, it, you know, sorry, go on. No, no, I was just going to say it does. That is one thing that does bug me about this is it does feel like they are the comparisons between this and Dalek. Um, there's quite a lot of similarities that really annoy me because, like you said, it does feel lazy. Um, uh, like, you know, you've got one sort of standalone Dalek that's being kept in a room that they're trying to work out. And that, you know, that for a start is very reminiscent of Dalek. And, it, yeah, like you said, in, in many ways, it does feel like a a poor carbon copy mm. uh, to a point. I mean, obviously they, they do go down their own route and, and change it. And it is a different story without any doubt, but there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. And it is a shame because it feels like, it feels like they're already copied and copying themselves. Yes. Doesn't it? And you're thinking, yep. Oh dear, doesn't feel very fresh. No. Yeah. And also we have this real, and, and I know this was the moth. I'm 99% sure that this element in the story was down to the moth where we have Capaldi being a really cool doctor in this one. And what I mean by that is being quite, not rude, and, you know, but very kind of alien. Mm. You know, quite unpredictable, a little bit on the moody side. You know, just sort of taking control in a lot of ways. But then all of that just get. it's almost like, you know, the, the whole character and the whole thing around the doctor is built up to this cool kind of status again a bit like what andrew cartmel was trying to do with mccoy's doctor towards the end Mm. of that run where we put a little bit of mystique back into the character a little bit of whatever but then you know the moth just comes along grabs it all by the throat and just slams it to the ground because Mm. you have the doctor getting this getting back into that kind of status and so on and then clara comes along slaps him round the face. I hate that bit. Literally. And then it's all and then it's all shifted back over to Clara again. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what are you doing? You've you've made really good progress throughout the story to get the doctor back into the driving seat. You know, and really making the most of, you know, a pretty pretty boring, crappy story and a very mediocre script. But you've got Capaldi driving it forward and really getting his his doctor back to a 
well, on the road to a place where all the fans were like, because that's one thing that's consistent with this is everyone's like, yeah, really like Capaldi's doctor in this one. Really good. Mm. But then the moth comes along and writes Clara to be this overpowering, you know, let's put all the emphasis back on Clara and give her the power again. Yeah, she works it all out at the end and she, she slaps course, it around yeah. her face. So I hated that end bit. Oh, I absolutely agree with you there. Um, because I, the first five minutes of this, I loved when hmm. compelled, when the Doctor um, saves, uh, what's her name? Blue, something blue. Journey Blue. <laughs> Journey Blue. Yeah. Yeah, I love that intro because he's so stern, but but just like so engaging. And one thing I wrote down as well, which you just said, is he's so different. He's so much more unpredictable. Yes. That's yep. exactly what I've written on the page here. And you've just said it as well. Um, I love that intro when he's saying to her, she's getting all mouthy. I'm going to shoot you. And he's like, no, 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 no. Not like that. You don't talk to me like that. I've just saved your life. Do it again. And I thought, oh, this, mm-hmm. I love this doctor. He's having, it's no nonsense. He's, you're not speaking to him like that. You you get it right. Yeah. You know, you yeah. you respect this man. He's just saved your life. You think about what you say. And I thought, this is brilliant. You know, love, absolutely love this doctor. So first five minutes of this, I was totally on board thinking, yeah, I've really missed this doctor. Mm-hmm. Really missed this powerful doctor. Um, and then uh, straight after the credits, we get all the Danny and Clara rubbish. Oh. Uh, no, that, and you've got to remember that this is the second episode in Capaldi's series. So we've had deep breath. We've had all the regeneration crisis. And, you know, this is the first episode where we get the doctor. He's he's into his regeneration now. We're into the stories. Mm-hmm. Let's see what sort of doctor you are. And like you said, I think he's he is superb in this, the doctor. But, yeah, get to the end. And once again, you know, the doctor overlooks it. But Clara works it out. And yeah, and it, it annoyed me as well. I was just thinking, oh no, just let the doctor do it. He's like the doctor's. Why would he not work it out? Why would yeah. she work it out? You know, it's it's it's, it's infuriating. Yeah, it's a. Yeah. I don't mean to to bash them off too much because, let's face it, since when was it? Two thousand and nine, ten, whenever he took over with Matt Smith, we have had some fantastic Doctor Who. Mm. You know, and he's not. He means well, that's the thing. You know, he's not purpose. Of course, he's not, you know, deliberately trying to wreck the program. He does mean well. He's got his he's got his head on. He's assertive. You know, he knows what he wants to do. So you can't fault him for that. But one, it's just this thing that he has with the companions, especially Clara, mm-hmm. where he can't just let them have then. He can't let them have their sort of natural pecking order or, you know, within the program. And I don't mean that to sound like the companions aren't important. That's not what I'm saying. It mean, I just mean that the focus, especially with the moth, the episodes where he's involved or the ones that he's written, it always seems like the Doctor's taken a back seat. Yeah, it and, does. Yeah. And, and especially with Clara, he sort of puts her to the forefront. You know, and like you said, he, you know, he gets her to work it all out and gets Clara to save the day and slaps the, the doctor around. The like slapping that. around the face really annoyed me. Yeah. I don't know why, but it did. But but also you said it. It's this, it's, this is the second episode where the doctor should be, they should be shining. He should be shining. He should be solving it. He should be thinking, yes, this new doctor, he's yeah. the man. This is, this is, you know, this is the guy that we've got now. I like him. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, she's slapping him around the face. She's telling him he's stupid. Think about it and all that. And you're thinking, what? Yeah. No, 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 no. And, yeah. Yeah. And the grand irony in the whole thing with the Moff era 
especially the Clara era, is that everybody complains that Capaldi's Doctor has been written inconsistently since he's taken over as the Doctor, mm. which is completely true because he, the moth has changed with, with Capaldi's input or not, I'm not sure, but his, that character has changed and been up and down and a, very inconsistent over the last two series. But ironically, Clara's character has remained the same. You know, he's written Clara very consistently throughout. Well, I don't know, because I always think my feeling with Clara is, is that she changes to fit the story. I, I always I find her a bit inconsistent, actually. Think I always so? think she's, yeah, yeah, I would probably slightly disagree with you there. Yeah, I think I just always feel like she's, she's always got that sort of know-it-all attitude. Mm-hmm. which uh, yeah. which is why i don't particularly like her as a as a companion but but um but i don't know i often feel like she's different in certain stories to suit the story i'll give you one example um robots of sherwood um she went from being quite what's the story before that i thought she was quite strong it's actually it's the next story isn't it robots yeah. so deep breath i thought we saw a different clara and i thought we you know i thought she was a bit stronger and then yeah robots of sherwood she goes back to being all girly and falling in love and i don't know oh, yeah, yeah giggly yeah, yeah. so yeah. i i don't know there is a consistency to clara i think uh, in that she's quite often annoying <laughs> but uh, but i i do find that she chops and changes to suit the story a bit yeah i mean, I, I agree with you i mean that's that's something that we've seen with some other can- companions as well, especially Rose. That's mm. another good one where Rose had a had a tendency to be very uh, sort of clingy and, you know, the whole romantically yeah. linked thing. And then there are certain episodes where she is just very, you know, loose and funny and there's no, you just think, oh, that's a different Rose to what we saw last week. Mm. Um, and I, you have got a point, yeah. Maybe, maybe not so much as she's inconsistent in the way that she doesn't adapt because that's the way the story's written. What I, what I probably meant to say was she's very consistent in the way that the moth brings her into the story to provide the solution. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, and yeah. also to very much, you know, provide the strength within the TARDIS, where it should be the Doctor being like the strong one in the driver's seat, you know, especially solving the problems this, and all that. Especially this early on, I think, in oh, the yeah, Doctor's tenure, yeah. definitely should be. Um, this story does feature one of my favourite lines, though, uh, between the two, which is uh, when the doctor introduces Clara, he says, "Oh, she's my carer. She cares, so I don't have to." <laughs> yeah. I thought, "Oh, what a great line! I love that. That's Absolutely cool. love yeah. that. That he's, you know, she's there to sort of do the sympathetic stuff, and he's there just to get the job done." Yes, yeah, that's yeah. what I liked. Yeah, I thought that's that's a great line. That is. Yeah, that yeah. that was cool. Uh, let's talk about some good things actually, because there are some good things in the story. We have yeah. bashed it a little bit off the cuff, but there <laughs> there are there are some good stuff like the whole concept of them being you know that what was the was it the fantastic journey is that what it's called the really really old sci-fi film yeah see i always get mixed up i thought it's called inner space but i have a feeling they both do that is it it inner space and what's the other one fantastic journey was it fantastic voyage something like because there's two that have this similar concept of people being shrunk down and put inside a, a body or whatever isn't there there's two different films that yes. I always get the yeah. two muddled up. Um, so I think, is Inner Space one of them? Uh, remember Inner Space? Fantastic Voyage is definitely one of them. That was right, from the 60s. Right, that's the other one I was trying to think of then, uh, yeah. And uh, the other one was, Inner Sp- was that one, Inner Space? Inner Space, I might be wrong though. From the 80s. Yeah. A bit later on. Yes, 70s, yes 80s, it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yes, 
1987. This yeah, it's really golly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this concept of being shrunk down mm. and then put inside the Dalek is, uh, although not an original idea, uh, it's an original idea in terms of it's not been done in Doctor Who. So it is quite interesting to see them going in to the Dalek. Yes. Um, what do you think about how well do you think the inside of the Dalek was realised on screen though? Because this is one of the things that I've always felt really let the episode down. Adam, we're but talking never... about good things. Oh, we're talking about good things. Oh, well, I've mentioned it now. All right, let's. let's... Bash it some more. We'll then. come back to the good stuff, but right. what? Because I, I didn't ever feel like they were really in it. Well, the here's the thing: they were only I was ever... like, that's the TARDIS corridors for a start, <laughs> painted black. <laughs> well, that's what's going to say. They're only ever in a corridor. Yeah, <laughs> really, aren't they? Well, well half a corridor. Blimmin, it is those blooming TARDIS corridors again, isn't it? That they've used over and over again and just yeah, painted a different yeah. color. And they've put a few pipes on the wall, so to make it different. But yeah, it doesn't feel to me like they're actually in the Dalek. I don't think. They did a very good job. Yeah, there are there are lots of tumble dryer hoses, sort <laughs> of right, stapled yeah. stapled to the wall and sprayed yeah. silver and stuff like that. But yeah, I, that's what I mean. The concept of it, while it's not original, is such a good sci-fi concept, and it does work. You know, I really like the idea of it that they are shrunk down tiny and they're going inside the Dalek. It's like mm. new territory, you know, because we've seen inside a Dalek from like a normal perspective where just the dome's been blown off and we've seen the little... Oh, the, the thing. Ah! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've seen that, but we've not actually been inside at that sort of a microscopic level and stuff like that. So mm. that was all great. But then, like you say, when we get inside the Dalek, it's like, ah, it's just a, a, a good old corridor. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, I just didn't think it was done particularly well. But I'll tell you, okay, I'm going to give a positive here because there is something just before this here we go which go i absolutely love is a positive when they first step out of the miniature capsule we get this absolutely brilliant effect of like a mirror watery you know like the doctor's hand coming through oh yeah you know and yeah. i i thought that looked visually fantastic actually mm. the uh generally but i mean you said they're sort That's of coming right. out the capsule and this what would you call it a mirrored effect a, a, a water effect a, it's a bit like in the matrix where yeah neo notices that the mirror or something is weird and he pops his two fingers in and it mm. morphs around and goes liquefied and stuff. It's a bit like that, isn't it? It's a beautiful effect though. Yeah. Would you agree? I thought that, that was, was a really, really nice, nice yeah. moment actually. Visually, the episode is very good. I don't For mean the main part. Yeah. I, I don't mean the sets. I mean, things like that effect and the cinematography yeah. for the most part is very nice looking. Direction's story. pretty good actually. I think for the main part. Yeah, like with the Daleks yeah. at the end. I mean, again, very visually brilliant when the Daleks are all blowing. There's a great shot of a Dalek <coughs> being blown to bits at the end. It kind of explodes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, so the, I think the direction and yeah, you're right. The cinematography and that's pretty good in it. I would say that um, is let down for me uh, by the the green screen when the Doctor's giving a, a great performance at the end. Oh no. What. That the green screen at the, the end. Yeah. It really looks. I think, and I always think that's such a shame because a lot of this episode does look good, um, apart from the, the sets in, in certain bits. But a lot of it does look visually good and is well directed. But yeah, for me, very much let down by the the green screen because the Doctor's given a great performance there as yeah, well, and it really yeah. distracts me. He's got like this fuzz around his head where all this stuff's being projected behind him, and it it wouldn't even be that difficult to get it even just slightly better because it it looks really poor 
it to does. be honest. Yeah. And when you're that close, because you're seeing the actual Dalek in the background and mm. it looks massive and it's close up. Yeah. For, the biggest problem for me with that is not just the, the shoddiness of, of the effect, you know, that they've used. It's, they haven't really matched the color grading and stuff like that with the doctor mm. in the background and everything. So it looks from, even if you weren't sort of savvy with how TV production is done and, you know, spotting green screen effects and so on, you anyone who's not savvy would look at that and go, well, he's just been plonked in there because he yeah. looks completely out of place. I mean, it's very, I mean, it's, it was probably very difficult to sort of try and visualize. So in the script, there's like, oh yeah, the doctor's, very small and he's given a speech to the Dalek and he's big in the background. It's probably quite difficult to get the perspective and the proportions correct. And with all you know, everything else going on, but mm. you know, it just, it looks really, it's a shame because some of the other effects in the story are quite good. Yeah. That's what I mean. There are yeah. lots of bits of this where it does look good, but that, that particularly I think looks bad. And I don't think it would have been that difficult to have made it look half decent. Um, you know, like the bit, the close up of his head when he's giving that great speech, mm. and then there's all this projection behind him of, um, I don't know, worlds exploding or whatever it is. Um, it, it wouldn't have taken that much just to have tidied that up, and maybe a time thing, a budget thing, I don't know. It, it wouldn't have taken a lot, I don't think, just to have made it look half decent. But it does look mm. glaringly. I think if anybody was watching that, that like you said, perhaps a casual viewer, they'd sort of say, "Oh, that's typical Doctor Who, isn't it?" No budget, ha yeah. ha ha, wobbly sets, <laughs> you know, it just fits into that, you know, oh, that, that's good enough for Doctor Who. And I think, no, that's a shame because we'd gone past that yes. at one point. Yep. We'd actually got to a very high standard of effects in Doctor Who at one point, And it seems a bit of a step back to me. But um, but again, you, if you take that away, you know, and it's I guess it's not really that important. But if you take that away, you've got Capaldi in the middle of it, giving an absolutely fantastic performance. Um, oh yeah. yeah, reeling off what he's, you know, what he's with the Dalek, having the old chat with the Dalek and all that. So there is, there is some good stuff going on in this. Yeah, there is for sure, for sure. Uh, what did you think to the the concept of the Dalek having antibodies within the metal shell and not the actual organic part of the Dalek itself? It's more like a antivirus software rather than antibodies and. A little bit. Yeah. That's one of the things that I found quite predictable in the story. It's like, ah, yes, the only thing that's going to stop them inside the Dalek is not going to be lots of mini Daleks, (laughs) which would be quite weird. Um, But it's going to be some kind of anti-body, anti-software, whatever. Mm. Um, And they looked okay. The little floating balls, little eyes. Yeah, they look all right, and it it serves a purpose. It adds a bit of tension in there. I I was shocked the first time that the Doctor gets that guy killed. I'll say that. I was like, whoa, (laughs) really? That was Um, good. That is a good moment, I think, because it it does show, again, very unpredictable Doctor that we've got here. Um, And I did find that quite shocking the first time. I was like, oh, my God, I'm not sure I like that. I'm not Mm. sure I like the Doctor doing that. Watching it again last night, I was thinking, yeah, the Doctor does say, he was dead anyway. I'm saving. No, I'm, I'm killing him. I'm saving all of us. He was dead anyway, or yeah. something. So he, he he's being practical. Mm. He's thinking. Look, if I don't, he's got he's dead. Whatever. 
I've got got to kill him. Otherwise, we're all dead as well. So let's just get on with it. I haven't got time to think about it. Let's do it. So it does seem really harsh and perhaps a little undoctorish. Can't imagine Peter Davison's doctor doing that, for example. But that's what no, I like about right. 12 is he's a bit bit more unpredictable. No nonsense. You know, deal with it, isn't it? Well, that's what he was like. Well, that's what he was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The only bit I do, don't like, though, is, you know, when they go into the goo, and then he makes some quip about, oh, that'll be your friend there if you want to have oh, say a lot. Of, oh, yeah. that's a little bit, that's a little bit nasty. Whereas the other thing, he's doing it for a reason, but that does show a bit of a nasty side, yeah. doctor, which I didn't really think that was a necessary line. Actually, it was just perhaps just one step too far for me. I thought, nah, I didn't didn't need that. Um, probably the only bit of the twelfth doctor I don't like in this actually is that one bit. Um, but yeah, that just was a step bit, too far. I just was a bit unnecessary. I thought oh, I didn't need to say that, but uh, not not a big deal. They oh. do get dry remarkably quick from that yeah. gear as well. They like, I know if you listen carefully, he says when he steps into it, it's really hot in here, and I think that's supposed to be the explanation for why when they step out the other end of the tube, oh, okay. they're bone yeah. dry and completely <laughs> clean of all goo and matter. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, that's very convenient, but no. yeah, I guess they need to move the story on so if we, you know, we can overlook it. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little plot point there mm. we can who's, yeah. where's the continuity guy oh he's on lunch uh, <laughs> i'm sure he'll okay this bit just yeah just the tube's it. very hot it'll yeah. deal with <laughs> they'll be dry in seconds yeah, yeah they won't right. they won't it's not hot enough to burn them and kill them but it's hot enough to dry them within seconds yeah, yeah there we go yeah. we'll go yeah. with that but uh, no i don't really have a problem with the antimatter thing because i guess the dialect's got to have something inside it to to keep it running smoothly so don't really have a problem with that yeah myself. A bit predictable, though, like you said, but it's all right. And what did you think to the whole concept of the Doctor? Because essentially the story is about the the Doctor coming to a realisation that he's not this sort of perfect person, you know, this superior mm. Time Lord that's, you know, got the moral high ground the whole time because it comes to light that the Doctor is actually, he's actually got a, quite a bit of hatred inside him as well. It's not just Daleks that are full of hatred and all that because it near towards the end where he sort of merges his mind if you like and his memories with with rusty the the, the rusty comes to that conclusion very very quickly doesn't he he's like i yeah. see the universe and it's beautiful i also see lots of hatred and the doctor's thinking oh uh he's almost like uh you weren't meant to see that bit um yeah he's like just focus on the good bit you weren't meant to see that so um what did you think to that whole bit, you know, sort of as the story? Because we, we, it was kind of going that way. That was another predictable thing as well. We kind of knew that that was, that was coming and we were going down that road where, you know, the Doctor would have to make some kind of, um, make some kind of uh, sort of merge or mind meld or something with the Daleks so that they came, to, they both came to a realisation and so on. So yeah. I thought that was quite good. I really liked the switch. So because initially you did think like, oh yeah, the, he's gone inside the Doctor's mind and he can see all of the stuff the Doctor's seen, the entire yeah. universe and time and and all that stuff, and it's great. And then we very quickly have that switch, and the music changes as well, which is good, and the Doctor's expression yeah. changes, and it's like, oh, hang on a minute, he's not quite the uh, Halo polishing time lord that he thinks he is sometimes mm. yeah it's quite a nice little twist because the story does start with the doctor asking 
Clara if he's a good man, doesn't it? Oh, so yeah. that kind of sets you on the, that kind of sets that up, doesn't it? You know, the fact that he's questioning it and then the Dalek actually shows him that he's, he's not the sort of, uh, like you said, he's not the halo wearing doctor that he would like to think he is. None of us are, you know what I mean? We've all got uh, our dark side, haven't we? And the doctor's yep. got it just as much as anyone else. So yeah, yeah, I think that's quite good, but it is set up very early on, isn't it? With him asking Clara that I, I love his, I love the way she can't answer. And he's just like, Oh, oh glad I asked. You know, he's really, <laughs> I love his response to that. Cause I remember that being in the trailer for ages thinking, Oh, it seemed like such a deep scene. And I love the way he just brushes, brushes that off within seconds. That, mm. that scene. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that is good. The only thing I, I mean, the Doctor. I think I worked out the first time I watched this. I was thinking, surely as soon as he repairs the Dalek, the Dalek's going to go back to being bad. It seemed a really obvious thing. Yeah, and that's exactly what happens. And I kept thinking at the time, surely the Doctor would realise that. Mm. Um, if you know what I mean. Oh, Again, yeah. a little yeah. bit predictable. I kept thinking, well, I can see what's going to happen here. As soon as he repairs it, the Dalek's going to go mad. Which is exactly what go, what what does happen, but it is nice that we get that extra bit then when he tries to, you know, convert it by showing him all the good stuff again. So yeah, uh, it's quite a good moment. Yeah, and we have that cool conversation as well with the the Dalek when the Doctor's been put back to normal size. Now that little conversation, he's like, "You would make a good." Well, I can't remember the exact line. He says, "Say like you are a you're a good Dalek" or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think because he's obviously Dalek's translating. Instead of saying you're a good man, because yeah. Dalek wouldn't use that, would it? It says you're a good Dalek, I think. Yeah, and the doctor's like, like oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's the last thing I wanted to hear after I've just asked her if I'm a yeah. good man. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, he's not having a good day, is he? So yeah. that, that's some cool bits there. I did like those elements of the story. And then the other bits were just faff and fluff to me, like the soldiers. Um, so Journey Blue are constant whining and moaning oh, yeah. throughout the other yeah. store. The other soldiers they're just there to fill out some of this stuff in between what's going on with the Doctor, really. In my opinion, uh, so yeah. not much yeah. really going on there. Um, let's talk about some characters very quickly then. So old Briggsy doing his bit for the Daleks once more. Do you reckon? Well, one thing I did write down actually was that as much as I like Briggs as the Daleks, he is great as the Daleks, but I do wish now and again they'd get somebody else in as well just to give a bit of variation because there are times in this because i know it's briggs is that i just it takes me out of the story because i just see him i can see him stood there with his little modulator doing the voice and <laughs> it, it almost sounds a bit too much like nick briggs sometimes but maybe just because i know it's him does that make sense but yes one of the yeah. things i wrote down is is it would be nice if just now and again they got somebody else in to do the voice you know, or to do another a Dalek. So it's not just him doing all the voices. Cause like, if you look at the classic series, the Daleks didn't all sound the same, you know, in one episode, you'd get mm. a different variation of Daleks and they're not all supposed to be the same thing. So, um, yeah, I just would like to hear a bit of variation because I know Briggs does try and do different Dalek voices and he, he can do different Dalek voices. If you listen to, um, uh, what's the audio we listened to recently? Uh, order, what's, was it Order of the Daleks with the, with oh, the yeah. church? Yeah. You know, Briggs is doing a very deep, much different Dalek voice, so he can do them, but it still has that Briggsy tone to it, which it always will because, you know, as much as you mix a voice it'll always have your style of talking in there somewhere. So I would just, yeah, I just think it would be nice if we got some different Dalek voices as well as Briggsy 
brilliant as he is as the Daleks. Um, they, they did have that on one episode, at least. I'm sure they did. Was it? They? What was the one where the episode where Missy's in it and she gets captured by the Daleks and? Oh, uh, what? Um, yeah, what was it? The which is whatever familiar, mm, possibly. You know where the sewers they were in. It was yeah, basically coming Dalek alive with Dalek goop. And yeah, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm pretty sure there was a couple of people that came in and did additional voices then for different. Could be Daleks. right, yeah. yeah, possibly. But yeah, but yeah, for the main, for the most part, it is Briggsy, isn't it? Just doing his, doing his Dalek. Mm. Um, so yeah, just standard stuff then. From and no, nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. I think it's just again, it reminds me of Dalek, the Eccleston story where we've got him going dark, dark when he opens it, and it's like it's it's just a bit too reminiscent of what we've had before it'd be nice if they just mixed it up a little bit yeah i mean there is a, yeah. a small element that maybe they're thinking and maybe we agree that you know if it's not if it ain't broke yeah then, yeah you know so there is that element but yeah it would be nice to uh, the next dalek story we have which i'm assuming there'll be one in series 10 to throw in another couple of there will yeah <laughs> um what about um oh sorry oh, I was, I was just trying to think of a name and we did have another voice of the Daleks in this episode. Oh, Barnaby Edwards. Yeah, and he's one of the guys that did it for uh, the other Dalek story that I'm thinking about as well. Ah, so where's he in it then? Yeah, um, he. Um, I'm not sure. He's one of the other Daleks. You know, there's like half a dozen turn up on the ship because Rusty summons well, is them. He, or is he just in the Dalek? I don't know. Maybe he does do the voice. I'm not sure. No, he does do the voice. He does? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I didn't notice it. They all they sounded too similar to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we had so we had some of the soldiers. We had uh, uh, Danny Pink <sighs> back. Uh, you know, again with the very wooden dialogue between him and Clara. And that, that I must admit, I know I know this was the second episode to go out, so they're setting up the story for the rest of the series. But I was really getting cross. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, Carl, get forget all this Hollyoaks rubbish that we, you know, straight after the credits of Danny and Clara and him banging his head on the on the desk because he's said the wrong thing and she's all smug. Oh, go on, you want to take me out on a date, really? I said, Oh, I'm not interested. Let's get back to the Dalek. <laughs> um, yeah, I was getting really cross with that. I'm so glad it was only five minutes at the beginning of the story because yeah. I couldn't take much of that. It just it does. It just reminds me of Hollyoaks. I'm like, this is not Doctor Who. Come on. Um, it is. He is so wooden, isn't he? <laughs> he is. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that between the two of them, it just feels like it drags on for ages. The scenes that when they're in it together, yeah, it's just like oh, get on. I was with like, it. get back to the Dalek. Thank goodness the Doctor just appears in the in the whatever it is in the room with his cups of coffee, and we're straight back into the story. Then I was like, oh, thank goodness for that. Yeah, because that, that's quite fun, actually, isn't it? She's like, I sent yeah. you for those three months ago. <laughs> I was, it, that took me back into the story. Then I mm. was like, I was like, right, come on, let's get back into it. And I did. I liked all that stuff. I, I like Twelve and Clara together sometimes. I like those little moments that we get mm. when they're just, you know, those little comedy moments. But yeah, but yeah, I can't say much po positive about Danny. I'm sorry, He's Danny and Clara think it, isn't he? Yeah. And the, vo and the voice as well. He's so deep. I know. Oh. Yeah, I know. He's had some issues, and he's got some oh, stuff. There's a going bit on. where he's crying in class, isn't there? And yeah, it's like, what's the, this about? Yeah, one of the students ask him if he's ever killed anybody. Or a student would ask that, wouldn't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're you're absolutely right. He does do this thing where oh, oh, Danny Pink and <laughs> maybe uh, one day we could, you know. 
Clara doesn't waste any time asking, like, going on a date with him, then, does she? She's a little floozy. And you met him two seconds ago. Yeah. Oh, blimey. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, not, not, yeah, wasn't a fan of that stuff with Danny and Clara. So, what do you reckon to Clara in this story then? For the main part, she's okay. It is really just the ending where she slaps the doctor and suddenly turns back to her really, her royal smugness that really, yeah, for me, just annoyed me a lot. But for the main part, I think she's all right because she's just, yeah. She's okay. Apart from the Danny stuff, obviously, yeah. and all that. Yeah, she's okay. It was just that bit that's written for her where she's quite because she's she. It's not the first time either, is it? Where she, she said, you know, about slapping. She's like, I'll slap you so hard you'll regenerate. Yeah. You know, we've had all this violence from her. Yeah, you know, it's and like language as well. Language, Clara. She's, yeah, yeah. It's like Especially steady on. You know, I'd be useless as the Doctor with a, a companion like Clara because I'd be like, okay. Here's what we'll do. Here's some footsteps. This is the door. Off this, you go. This thing. Don't let it knock you on the arse as you walk out. <laughs> so we'll 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 see you sometime. Yeah. I'd be useless. I'd be like, get out. Out. She wouldn't last, would she? Nor yeah. would Courtney. So she does pop a, up in the Oh street. Courtney, Jesus. Courtney. Sitting in the tree, K I S S I N G. She's a nightmare. Um yeah. but but um I do think the whole purpose of them making Clara work it out seems to just be to remind us that she's a teacher. It's like, cause I think the doctor says, Oh, well you would do that. And you would know that being a teacher. And I was thinking, Oh yeah, she's a teacher, isn't she? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. So I think that's why they do it in that, in this one. But yeah, we forgot yeah. about that, even though it's rammed down our throats for, you know, yeah, even, for all of series eight with Clara and Danny and Cole Hill. And oh, and we see Mr. Armitage, don't we? Oh, I couldn't help but think, Oh no. He's unaware of his fate at this point. Isn't that sad, isn't it? Yeah. When you know, yeah, he's about to get crushed to de- crushed. death in class, which yeah. was horrible. That was really graphic, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I couldn't help but think that when I was when he was in the scene. I was thinking, you meet a, you meet a really nasty death soon in a in a spin-off. Mm. But thankfully, not many people will see it. I'd forgotten about his death scene in class, but when I saw him, I did think, oh, it's you. Know, you've it, it, oh, it was it was this episode that you you popped up in. That is his name, isn't it, Mister Armitage? I yeah, yeah. So, good, yeah. good. Just yeah. had to check because it's yeah. so bad with names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Capaldi then. Uh, for me, the best part of the episode. And for me, yeah, yeah, definitely, without doubt. Yes, like we said, he's unpredictable. He's strong. He's a bit of mystery about him. There's a bit of just well i think that's the main thing for me is his unpredictability it's mm-hmm. taking the character in into a slightly different direction he's not all sort of happy happy dance around heartthrob doctor that we might have seen previously he's actually a bit darker and he's he's very quick to accept people's death because it's going to you know allow them to escape and he's yeah like you said he maybe goes a bit too far with it sometimes but you know, they are taking the character into a different direction and really getting mm. Capaldi to 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 be a really good doctor. Yeah, definitely. And it's just a shame that they he wasn't allowed to continue that. Like I said, whether whether that's based on his input or not, I'm not sure, but certainly from the moth, just really changing his his doctor up as we've gone through series eight and nine. But mm. from this point, like you said, this is his first proper story post-regeneration and he's really just on form really into it 
I, I think so. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. I love him in this. Um, I like the whole "Don't be lasagna." You know, he <laughs> just delivers. Who could deliver that line? But no, he, he's he's very good in this. I think he's very strong. Mm. Might sound strange, but I noticed that. You know, I often say about how in series nine he's sort of hunched over. Do you remember? You know, when I say he's like the cushion doctor, bumbling oh, yeah. around. Yeah. You have a look at him in this, right? It might sound a strange thing to say, but he stood up straight the whole time. He's really like, yes, you know, really yeah. like. I don't know. It's just a different mannerism in him, which is much stronger. He's not sort of hunched over, shuffling around. What's going on? I'm the mad professor. He's like stood up straight, talking straight, and just yeah. It's just it's a different doctor, and, and mm-hmm. I much prefer it. I really really liked Capaldi in this. Um, it looks it's it's weird because I like him with his mad crazy hair. He looks. It almost looks slightly wrong with his short hair. I always feel like they've tried to make him look a bit younger than he is. It's, if they could sort of have him acting like he is in this, but perhaps with a slightly more wilder look, mm. um, I think he'd be perfect. But uh, no, no Capel is on good form, considering it's his second episode. Uh, I like the Doctor a lot in this. Very good yeah. form, yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we crack on with our out of tens? Just two little things. One thing that took me by surprise and took me out of the episode for a second was Missy popping up. Oh, I was like, oh, I forgot about yeah. that. Like she's only in a very short scene. Um, it's when one of the guards is gets it, killed, isn't it? Is it Gretchen? Yeah. When she gets killed by one of the antibodies and then... That's it. She sort of sacrifices herself, doesn't she? Yes. Um, and that starts off the arc, the story arc, doesn't it, for supposedly people going to heaven, but they're actually going into a computer well, database of some sort. Is that yeah. right? Some that I never really got my head around the concept, but yeah, um, but I, I still quite like Missy in a crazy little way. But it did take me out of the story completely. I think it did the first time, and it, it definitely did this time. Um, but yeah, what is um, I can't remember what's going on with all that. Yeah, so at the end of the series, we had the whole thing where the Cybermen. Oh, it's all death in heaven and dark water and all that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So the people have people who have died have been up, you know, uploaded into the Cybermen. Oh, yes. You know, and then they all start coming to, like, you know. Mm. We had so the, that took me out of it. I found her a little bit funny in it. Yeah, she's Interesting. Right. She's like, tea or something like that. It's like, you know, she's just being crackers as usual. Um, but that, yeah, it took me out slightly. And also, that, so that was explained. We did find out what that was about eventually. But we never found out what's going on with this color scheme name thing, did we? Like, we've got um, Danny Pink, obviously. We've got Journey Blue. Clara mentions it. She's like, oh, Journey Blue. Oh, that's interesting. I was thinking, okay, so he never found out, never found out what, you know, that ne- oh, that went yeah. nowhere, did it? You know, these, because I think we get somebody else later on with a colour name, don't we? So we thought that was going to yeah. be like yeah. a secret, oh, what's this clever little arc or whatever, but it never, nothing ever come of that, did it? You're, you're absolutely right, but there was another character or at least another one. There's or, definitely more. Yeah. yeah. And they've got colours as their surname. Yeah. And we thought, ah, this is every episode or most of the episodes that we've seen have got characters with the colour as their name. So does that right. link to anything? And then we got to the end of the series, it was like, oh, I guess it doesn't. Yeah, it just went nowhere, which just is a, a shame because I yeah. thought it was a yeah, coincidence. Um, so that's another thing. And just lastly, I just want to mi- mention Michael Smiley as um, Colonel Morgan. So it's supposed to be Journey Blue's uncle, is it, or something? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. I just want to mention him because he's not in it very much, but I do like the actor and I think he gives quite a good performance considering he's not in it very much, but I quite like him. 
I think he's quite a good actor. Yeah, he was okay. Yeah, he could have been used a bit more because mm. um, he's one of those actors. I think that's uh, he's quite convincing if you know what i mean he's, he's just i just think right. he's a good good actor but yeah and perhaps, perhaps would have been good to see a little bit more of him like i imagine if he'd have gone into the dalek with them he probably would have been quite a strong character i've had in there do you know what i mean i think i don't think he would have taken much nonsense in there so he might have been somebody good to have taken along mm. but they don't take him they leave him outside which is a, a shame but yeah. yeah good actor michael smiley just yeah. as usual a little underused mm. unfortunately yeah, but that's it, mate. I think we've covered it. Uh, cool. Uh, a couple of things for me. Um, I liked the throwbacks to Journey's End and Dalek that were played in the background when the Doctor morphs his mind into Rusty. We saw a very oh, right. quick yeah, glimpse yeah. of those in the background, which is good. And uh, Rusty saying, death to the Daleks. Yeah, yeah. Which we know as the Pertwee story. Mm. Title. Yeah, yeah I, did, I hadn't picked up on that, but I remember him saying, yeah, you're right, mm. he does say that, doesn't he? Death yeah. to the Daleks, yeah. So they were quite nice little little throwbacks. There was something else as well, another another little throwback that Capaldi mentioned. And I can't remember what it is now. I wish I'd have wrote it down. He, yeah. he says another little throwback, but yeah. Uh, shall we crack on with scores? Yeah, just before we do, I oh, just oh, want to oh, say oh. how great the Daleks looked when they were all blowing up at the end, when Rusty goes a bit mad oh, yeah. at the end. That is, that is quite stunning. I think they were all models. I don't think they actually blew up real Daleks, so, so that does look very good. Um, does bring the episode up a little bit, but yeah, let's let's move on to scores then. Whose turn is it to go first? I think it's you, isn't it? I think it? it's me, isn't it? Right, I'm going to go in with a middle of the road five. A five. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm a bit ahead of you. Um, I've gone for 6.5, but then I've scribbled it out and wrote 7. I'm a bit torn. I'm a bit torn. What What does your heart tell you, mate? Well, go on, go with your gut. What does it tell you? I don't know. 6.5 seems a little low because I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. I think it's watchable. I think I'm going to go with 7, mate. Yeah, cool. I'll go with 7. Yeah. I think 6.5 maybe just a bit low for me. I'll go with 7. It's just there is quite a lot going on in there that does let it down, I think. Right. It's only just scrapes in at a seven, though. Okay. The five for me is most of that is actually Capaldi. Capaldi, yeah. yeah. I think it's a just a middle-of-the-road average mm. kind of watch for me. Mm. Fair enough. Yes. Uh, what did our lovely listeners think? Let's kick off with a couple of audio clips. Uh, mm. We're going to do Dean Jones and then straight into Owen Daly. Hello everyone, now Into the Dalek I think is a good story that is unfortunately held back by a few issues for me. Uh, the positives, Peter Capaldi is absolutely brilliant in this, uh, the script has some really good dialogue in here, uh, Ben Wheatley did a great job directing the episode, it's got a great look to it, uh, the Daleks actually feel like Daleks for a change, um, Journey Blue I kind of like, um, and... As tiresome as it's gotten to actually see the Daleks in every series at this point, um, I do like the concept of this um, military team uh, going in to uh, try and fix this Dalek, and it makes it quite a fresh and unique uh, concept um, for a Dalek story, um, in terms of the formula at least. Now, uh, I'd say as far as negatives go for me, there's quite a few. Um, while I don't think the scenes are necessarily bad, uh, the Danny Pink scenes didn't really need to be there. They have no relevance to the plot other than the ending, I think. Uh, 
the missy bit, knowing where it goes, um, it, it kind of feels out of place for me. Um, and I think the Daleks are done too early in the series, and the whole um, uh, Am I a Good Man is done too early into the series as well. You could have pushed this back until much later on into the series, I think. And um, the whole um, I am not a good Dalek, you are a good Dalek. It's it's a nice idea, but I think it shouldn't have been spelled out for us. I would have appreciated it in terms of the subtlety. But um, yeah, Into the Dalek, uh, I think, is a good story. It could it could even be a great story if it wasn't for the setbacks I think it does have. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Until next time, everybody, uh, so long for now, and uh, take care of yourselves. Hello, Gary and Adam. Hope you're both well and enjoying the show this week. So, Dalek, I'm just going to go straight out here and say I do not like this. I'm not sure if this is a well-loved story because I'm just not sure. But for me personally, I think it does quite drag and it's not really a strong enough story idea to carry the episode. Yes, going into a Dalek is very original and shrinking them down. But then again, there's only so much you can do when you're inside the Dalek. And then I do not really understand when this story is set. Is it set during the Time War? Is it set during the Dalek generation? Or is it just a new fleet of Daleks attacking a spaceship? I don't know. I don't feel that was explained well enough. The characters in this are okay. I thought Clara... I don't understand why she was so okay with the Doctor in this episode, because in the last episode she didn't really trust him, and yeah, I'm just not sure about Clara's characteristics in this. Um, I thought the Doctor was written very well, this is how 12 should be written, and I love that scene where he's talking about Clara saying, she's my carer and all that stuff, that was really good. Journey Blue, the kind of side companion in this story, I really did not like. I thought she was very wooden, very one-dimensional, and I'm really glad Capaldi chucked her off the TARDIS at the very end, saying she can't come with them. The Uncle character, yeah, he was written very well, but didn't have much development. And Rusty the Dalek, um, yeah, there's only so much good Dalek things you can do. That was already already done in Dalek, kind of, so I wasn't too keen on that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm on the fence with it. Well, not sorry, I'm not on the fence on this one. I don't like it. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. It's really boring, but, yeah. At least for Phil Ford trying to do something original with the Daleks. See you all next week. Thank you very much, guys. Some really great points there, actually. Yeah, mm. I agree with an awful lot of what you guys just said. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Dean Jones and Owen Daly. Thank you very much. Right, over to Facebook. Uh, we had quite a few, so I'm going to try and rattle through these relatively quick. We had loads, didn't we? Yeah. So Sammy Satine says, uh, Journey Blue spaceship gets hit. And she gets saved at the last second by the Doctor. Uh, he then takes her back to her uncle, who then asks him for help with a damaged Dalek. Uh, Clara, uh, 12 gets Clara and they get miniaturised to help sort out what is wrong with Rusty the Dalek. Uh, she says, I must admit, I find it an interesting idea going inside a Dalek, uh, except the bits Danny Pink is in because he managed to somehow go absolutely nowhere as a character. Uh, I still absolutely hate Clara. I think she was okay in this. Uh, seeing Missy uh, for the brief time she was on screen feels kind of out of context. Why yeah. does 12 think all Daleks are evil and should be destroyed? Has he forgotten Oswin, the Dalek sec hybrid, and Khan, all of whom showed a different side to the Daleks? True. Mm. Uh, Oswin helped Eleven through the asylum. The Dalek sec asked for Ten's help and thought Solomon's death and other deaths were wrong, plus Dalek Khan helped Ten reunite with Donna, thus causing Ooh. the Metacrisis Ten to be created and make Donna part of Time Lord. Uh, yeah. My point being, he seems to have forgotten that the Daleks aren't just about hate and killing by extermination. They are living, thinking, complex creatures. Perhaps this is not Twelve's fault. Perhaps the fault lies with the Moth, or who, although he tries hard with his story, has forgotten all about that because it's easier to be uh, black and white, as in the Daleks are evil, the Doctor is good. Uh, 
rather than remembering there are shades of grey. Still, she thinks it's an excellent story. Eight out of ten. All right, good. High score uh, from Sammy. Yeah. Joe Sweeney says, quite a good story. I'm impressed with how the producers uh, threw in a fresh idea uh, for a dialect story compared to where we've been over the years. I love the interaction between the Doctor and Blue from the start and the Doctor being ordered by Blue to put the gun down uh, and say thank you. Uh, Capaldi was fantastic, bringing out the best of the Doctor, having the darkness heart uh, the darkness hard-hearted and cold to his personality, uh, which is what his Doctor's supposed to be throughout his era. That was going in the right direction for Peter before the blooming BBC came along and mucked up his Doctor. Uh, Clara was great, even when she had a feisty side. Yet again, shame that got short-lived, quite like Blue. Uh, there were good throwbacks to the Stolen Earth and Journey's End. Overall, it was a good story. However, uh, not sure of that scene of one Dalek taking out the whole Dalek fleet single-handedly. Uh, gives mm. it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, he's got a good point about that. I thought he was managed to take them out very easily, didn't he? Yeah, a bit of a yeah. Rambo moment. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kevin Mullin says, Wonderfully Dark Into the Dalek is a superior Dalek story because it attempts to do something different with the metal Nazi octopi from <laughs> outer space. Uh, in this story, it's the fact we discover that their emotions are forcibly stripped away and suppressed by technology, leaving them as much a victim as those they ruthlessly kill. Uh, Capaldi is simply magnificent, giving us a doctor who is pessimistic, cold, somewhat detached and very alien. His dismissal of the death of one of the soldiers is very dark, but it is when Rusty turns the spotlight on his faults that we learn there is very there is a very thin line between the Time Lord and his mortal enemies. Uh, he is devastated by that observation. Uh, direction by Ben Wheatley is tense and filmic, and the acting is very good, as are the effects. Uh, these points, coupled with an intriguing and original take on the Dalek, gives us a very worthwhile story. Seven, sorry, nine point seven five. All right. So he's wow. given us a point very high score. Five. Yeah, very precise. Yeah. Uh, Simon <laughs> Ascuri says, "Hi guys, I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I'm enjoying working through the back catalogue." Oh, excellent. Cheers. Welcome aboard, Simon. Uh, Into the Dalek, I love. Probably my favourite of Series 8. Why, I hear you ask. Well, Capaldi's true Doctor comes out. Hard, cold and very alien. I love the way he pictures his performance throughout the episode, from the reactions to having Blue threatening him in the TARDIS, the fact he doesn't remember who any human is, the way he kills the other soldier, in quotes, and his speech to Rusty at the end. Amazing, with one of um, Murray's best cues in the series. Uh, Mm. Visually, it feels very classic to me. Um, just classic who with a faster pace if only the beeb allow capaldi to keep playing this version of the doctor yes uh, he scores it a nine out of ten. Oh, very high excellent yes lewis, good to have you on board yeah thank you very much simon uh, lewis palmer says honestly it's a bit forgettable for me uh, i never have anything much to say about it capaldi in his first scene is great though um, as a serious, angry and grumpy man not taking kindly to his new person aboard the tardis in the form of journey blue uh, other than that the Daleks killing people for once was nice can you believe this was the first time since 2010's victory of the Daleks that they had actually killed someone mm. I think it's a 6 out of 10 for me fair play yeah. Mark Atkinson I think Capaldi is at his most undoctorish in this episode it's an okay sort of story but Dalek fatigue had kicked in for me at this point we'd mm. already seen too much of them recently but a 7 out of 10 Okay, still high school. Yeah, Miles McKenzie had quite a few uh, low expectations for this story, and when it first came out, the Daleks barely ever killed in Series 5 and 7, but this turned into a decent story. Uh, I love Capaldi and uh, and his excuse on what 
uh, took him so long for coffee. Uh, Clara mm. didn't feel overused in this one, nor underused. Rusty was a very fun idea, and the visuals are amazing. Eight out of ten. Wow. Jeff Waddle says, uh, a middle-of-the-road Dalek episode. Aren't they all apart from Dalek? Yeah. I completely agree, Jeff. And unfortunately, a middle-of-the-road Capaldi one. Uh, yet again, Clara mm. seems to be whatever she needs to be in the episode. How did she how how did she know how a Dalek works inside? Five, True. Five out of ten. Mm. Uh, let's do a couple more audio clips. Uh, so let's do uh, this one. This is uh, from Loopy Lou. Alrighty, I'm just going to jump straight in and say that this was such a wasted opportunity for sound design. They could have had so much fun and gone absolutely nuts making all sorts of cool new sounds for inside the Dalek. I thought that was a real shame. It's quite nice visually though, and uh, there's lots of interesting camera angles and such. Uh, how dare Doctor Who steals Star Trek lines? Resistance <laughs> is futile. Come on, it's not even used for a good reason. Okay, yeah. so you can see some similarities between the Daleks and the Borg, but it's hard to know if they put that phrase in deliberately or not, as it wasn't done in a joking way. Anyway, Capaldi's Doctor was quite brutal and matter-of-fact early on, wasn't he? Much more alien. I like him like this, and I prefer his short hair too. Clara is great with him in this episode. He was very serious back then. He definitely gets more jovial and softer over time. Despite my grievances, I thought this was a good episode. I'd give it 7.5 out of 10. Thank you very much, Lou. Thank you, Lou. Diving straight into the Dalek there she was. She does have a very good point about the sound design. I mean, maybe because, you know, I said it didn't feel like they're in the Dalek at all mm. to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, they could have done so much more with it. Very true. Mm. Uh, back on Facebook, Russ Hilton says, story gave rise to the sound bite I use for text messages for months afterwards. She cares, so I don't have to. Brilliant line. For me, that line and this story confirmed what I was looking for in Capaldi, a Pertwee-style doctor for the modern era. Uh, a brilliant new take on a Dalek story and one that confirmed Capaldi as the doctor for me, 8.5. Yeah, good stuff. George Coppen, one of his more average episodes, but I do like Rusty, especially at how quick he fires. <laughs> Six mm -hmm. out of ten. Yeah. Um, I always say this surname incorrect, so I'm very sorry. Uh, Maria Kalatichau. Kalatichu. Uh, she says, an interesting story. I love how brittle Capaldi's Doctor appears here compared to Series 9. He doesn't have time for being nice. I never really thought about the Doctor hating the Daleks. I suppose he has battled them so many times and they were part of the time war. It's inevitable. Uh, I like the premise of a good Dalek and a changed Dalek. My criticism would be, obviously, the moth bits, Clara and Danny. The mm. awkwardness and flirting, the smugness and their relationship in retrospect doesn't really have a place and takes away from the tension of the story. And she says, it's nice when the Doctor... Uh, 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 sorry, she says, oh, and since when does the Doctor not like star soldiers? Oh, yeah, I was going to mention that. He yeah. worked with Unit and the Brig. Bit inconsistent. Anyways, loving the good work, guys. Thank you very much. That's one thing that bugs me, actually. Why, why does the Doctor suddenly hate soldiers? Yeah. Um, I think, does Joe Sweeney come up with a good... He um, does, yes. What does he say? Because he's got a very good point, actually. He says that his theory is that the Doctor was a soldier himself during the Time War. Mm. And uh, him seeing soldiers is a reminder of that, and he doesn't really like it, because the Time War affected him so much, it's hard to forget about being in war and soldiers, etc., uh, this is why a doctor never carries weapons or guns, etc. Joe, I'm really glad you said that because it really it, it bugged me throughout um, Capaldi's series eight when he kept 
going on about soldiers. He does it in the the caretaker. He does it with Dan. I kept thinking, where's this come from? Because he's mm. worked with Unit all this time. Where has this come from? But I think Joe makes a really good point there, and I can I can totally buy into that actually. And it does ease my annoyance <laughs> when the doctor. So yeah, thank you for that, Joe. I think you've got a good good theory there, mate. Yeah. Uh, moving on, last few. Danny Brown says, pretty good by all accounts. Good cast and plot, although distinct lack of Dalek action is a slight problem for me. Capaldi mm. great as always, 7 out of 10. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Joseph Howarth says, I quite liked Into the Dalek. I honestly think it felt more like an actual Dalek story than the majority of Matt Smith's run where the Daleks there didn't really do much and with Rusty killing loads of soldiers in the episode makes it rather refreshing in my opinion. Goes on to say, um, the... Um, Peter was great in this and I really felt like this is what they should have gone with for series 9 more dark a bit more alien in terms of the Doctor uh, the plot's a bit samey samey because A it's kind of reusing the plot from Dalek and B the shrinking down to the size of a gnat in a capsule thing has been done before but admittedly it's executed a lot better than the invisible enemy <laughs> when I was <laughs> using that point, particular actually, yeah. subplot uh, mm-hmm. I love how it goes uh, into the lore of the shows with this episode and it got <laughs> us chance to see the footage from previous episodes um previous episodes uh the only thing that wasn't needed was danny pink not a lot of love for danny eh? no uh he said yes we get it he's a soldier yes he wants to date clara we get it we get it we get it why it was necessary to have danny pair up with clara as a couple in series eight i'll never know thankfully the scenes with danny don't last very long but honestly they don't contribute to the plot in any way uh true it eight out of ten Mm-hmm. Okay. Jason Thayer says, I love it. I like stories that acknowledge that the Doctor is at best an anti-hero. Yes, there are some distinct similarities with Dalek, but I think this story is actually a little better because the Doctor actually goes inside, making the you are a good Dalek line even more of a zinger. Mm. And finally, on the, the official Facebook page, Finn Morris Young says, Into the Dalek, um, thought was not bad and the characters were quite good. Um, quite strong. Peter Capaldi was on top form as always, and Jenna's performance was better than some stories. Uh, Should Journey Blue have boarded the TARDIS at the end? Probably not. Overall, it's not a bad story. 7 out of 10, the Dalek could have been used, could have had some anti-radiation gloves, if you ask me. (laughs) And our last audio clip before we move on to the Geek's Handbag, this is Jay Kent's. Hey Gary and Adam, hope you're doing fine. Now, when I first watched Into the Dalek, I wasn't entirely settled on the idea. The whole concept of shrinking yourself to go inside someone else has been done a billion times before, from Rick and Morty to the Rugrats. It didn't have that uniqueness I'd expect from Doctor Who, but as time went on, it grew on me, and it's mainly due to the Doctor's morals. The fact he's holding out hope to teach the Daleks passion and see their ways are wrong seems like exactly the thing the Doctor would want to do. And when he's talking to the annoyingly pet-named Rusty and telling him of the wonders of the universe or whatever, I just think it's brilliantly done. This episode shows 12 how I think 12 should be. Still slightly detached and alien, but still hopeful and enthusiastic and optimistic. But as an episode, it feels like filler, and Daleks should never have a filler episode. I'm not a fan of singular Dalek stories anyway, because they feel awfully rushed, and this is no exceptions. But still, it's one I can sit down and have a good time with. I'd give it a good old 6 or 7 out of 10. Hope you have a good one, guys. And just one more thing. Be my pal. Tell me. Am I a good man? <laughs> <laughs> no, Jay, you lasagna. You lasagna. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you very much, Jay. Uh, did you have anything over on the Geeks Handbag page? Yes, I did. Yeah, we, we got loads of feedback this week, so I'll wrap through these. So Charlie Turner says uh, this is one of the most easiest episodes I can think of what to say for. As everyone who has watched the show for a while now, this is Capaldi's first meeting with the good old classic Pepper Potts. To me, it's a brilliant episode and the best of Series 8. Flatline is a very second clo- close second. Pepper Blimey. Potts. <laughs> Pepper Potts. But there are three things that bother our f- good friend Charlie. Uh, first of all, I don't see how Journey Blue and Colonel Morgan Blue are related as uncle and niece. Second, Danny Pink, no offence to Samuel Anderson, but I think he was nothing but a plot device and a bad performance from him in his in his eyes. And third, I noticed similarities from Dalek from 2005. Other than those three things, it's a really good underrated gem. Charlie's given it 7 out of 10, deducting three points because of the things that bothered him. So yeah, 7 out of 10. Patrick Sherwood. Hi. So into the Dalek. This story is okay. I don't mind it, but it's not a story I would go and watch at any time because I don't think the cast is that good. Capaldi is okay in it. I know that this story is his second episode he's done and he's still getting into Doctor, but the story I think is not one of the best from series eight. And the Dalek in it is okay when the Doctor and others go into the Dalek. No pun intended. I thought it was cool. It was something new we haven't seen in Doctor Who ever. And I like it. So overall, he's going to give this episode a 8.5 out of 10 from Patrick. Okay, quite high school. Stan Gallagher keeps it short and sweet. Uh, I love this. When they went inside the Dalek was great. I miss Peter. Oh, he will miss Peter, he says. Uh, Hendrix Chaplin. Hi, Hendrix. He says, this is a ripoff of Dalek and it was far too early to do a Dalek story with the new Doctor. What's strange having it as the second episode, I will admit. Mm, a little bit. Aaron Ball, an underrated episode indeed. Back when 12 was truly different and dark. It has a great concept and suits the 12th Doctor perfectly. Plus brings back the Dalek scariness in the last scene, just like Dalek. I'd give it a 7.5, says Aaron. Cool, and cool. finally, our good friend Adam Time Lord Fishwick says... Into the Dalek is my all-time favourite story from Series 8, and I love how the Doctor was in charge in the group. He was very dark when he lets Ross die by the antibodies. I really like the whole Dalek story. It was something different, which was really good. It reminded me of back when Dalek Sec wanted to do start the Daleks again in Daleks of Manhattan and Evolution of the Daleks. And the interesting thing about it is the Doctor is wants to help the Daleks become good. And I think it was good that the Doctor became good, but it was still dark how the Daleks said to Doctor, you are a good Dalek. And I have to give this story, he says, a very strong 9 out of 10. So Adam, a big fan of this this story. Very cool. Uh, I'm just yeah. wondering, can you remember what you gave it? Because you did review this on your own back in the day. Can you remember what you scored it? Do you think your opinion of it's changed, or do you think you're the same? Um, what did I give it before? It was episode, so you reviewed this. This is before I jumped on board and invaded your TARDIS. <laughs> it was back in uh, episode 12 you reviewed this on your own. Oh, All crikey. on your own when you were chatting away to yourself. Oh, interesting. I gave this a seven. Did you? So you've yeah. got it's gone down. It's gone down yeah, on a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. There we go. So we had tons of uh, thoughts and feedbacks from you guys it this is. week. Thank you so much. That's really cool. Uh, next week was Classic Week. Classic Week. And it's Series 6. The oh. first episode of Series 6 back in 68. So Adam, what are we going to do next week? Oh, Series opener. It is second Doctor story, The Dominators. Troughton. Troughton. Bit of Troughton, yeah. Bit yeah. of Troughton. Yeah. Uh, the Dominators. Wow, crikey. Um Cool. That's gonna it be a good sound, 
Sounds exciting. <laughs> I can't remember it, as usual. Yes. Yeah, uh, not one I've watched for a while. A five-parter, no less. Is it? It's five parts. All right, might have to start this one early. Who's the companion? So series six, it'll be... It'll be is Zoe, it Jamie and it? Zoe? Yeah, Jamie, Jamie and, Zoe. and Zoe, is it? Yep. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. So look out for the Facebook post and all that jazz so you can send in your thoughts and feelings and all that stuff for the Dominators. And I think we're going to do there for 129. All righty. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us and going through episode 129. We had some fairly good news. Uh, we'll put some details and links and stuff to the Delia Derbyshire stuff that's going on throughout the year. That should be quite good if you're into the, the whole music thing, and especially the uh, the pioneering music stuff that Delia did back in the day for who. That'd be good. Um not sure how uh, you guys are feeling about the class ratings it's a bit predictably low but there we go maybe some of you have picked up the dvds and blu-rays so you don't have to watch it at nearly midnight <laughs> when it was on uh, remember to pick up or order the uh, companion books to the lethbridge stewart uh, the first one kicking off next month all about soldier evans mr evans which be good and next week, it is Classic Week, so it will be, as Adam said, the Dominators. I've just typed it into Google. I just wanted to have a look at it, and uh, unfortunately, it came up with Doctor Who Dominoes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just clicked on it, didn't check it before I pressed enter. Doctor Who Dominoes. But it's Quarks. The two Quarks. Quarks. Next... Yeah, yeah, Quarks. I've got there in it, so yeah. yeah, that'd be good. The walking suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> Head over to the <laughs> website, www.com bigblueboxpodcast.com from there you can listen to all the previous shows and you can also uh, link off to all the social stuff and you can also head over to iTunes from there so that you can subscribe and not miss a show and to all of our listeners that do listen to us on iTunes if you could give us a review and a rating that would be fantastic because that really helps us out loads also check out Adam's channel on YouTube called The Geek's Handbag yeah Loads of good stuff there. Unboxings, reviews, on-the-spot reviews, convention stuff. Oh, it's all there. It's all, it's good all stuff. there for your enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. So search for The Geek's Handbag on YouTube and also Facebook and Twitter. And just quickly, if you buy a Blue Box t-shirt, post a picture of you wearing it so we can see. Or oh. a mug. Oh, yeah. Whatever selfies. you buy. Or a hoodie. Yeah. Let's have some selfies with some Blue Box merch. It'd be great to see you guys in our, in our stuff. Yeah. Okay. So until next week, my name's Gary. My name's Quark. And remember... <laughs> uh, uh, oh, oh,